I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. everybody welcome to marriage and martinis this feels really weird um i've of course recorded myself before for intros and one time i did an instagram episode way back in i don't know 2018 or something i did a a build your instagram episode which i actually think was pretty good um but this is definitely different first of all it's been a long time it's now 2022 um and First of all, I love recording with Adam, right? He's like, he's my partner. He's he's my sounding board. He's the one who, you know, gives me confidence and, and makes me feel like um, what I'm saying isn't crazy or ridiculous or um, boring. So I don't know how people do this, this whole solo thing, right? Like, I don't know who's giving you confidence yourself. God, that's so weird. Um, But this issue is one that comes up time and time again in our podcasts. And I get feedback all the time from people who say, thank you for talking about it. Um, Or, you know, I feel the same way. I've never heard someone say this before you did. And I also get the other side is, which is, you know, sometimes we get reviews and stuff that says, Danielle just bitches about her body. And if she doesn't like it, she should just change it. Um, but mostly, it's really been a um, a really comforting thing, which sounds strange, to know that so many of us are feeling like we struggle so much with this issue, but yet we also are at a at this kind of really big crossroads where we know that it doesn't have to be like this. Right, that we're all kind of figuring out, either by getting a little bit older, or wiser, or more mature, um, having families, you know, uh, being around people who already have realized this that uh, that that size of your body and that um, you know diets and the fitness industry and everything. Uh, is is really not at all what we've thought. You know, we've we've been scammed a lot, um, and we've just wasted so much time and energy being scammed. Um, and I'm not saying that you know all fitness and all eating plans and all lifestyles and everything are scams. That's not what I'm saying. Um, but I think we're opening our eyes a little bit to to 
the restriction and the deprivation um, and all of the time and the energy and the money and the resources that we've spent on all of this only to kind of think to ourselves, where has it gotten us? Um, and Adam and I are going to do a body image episode, definitely, together. It's something we've planned for a long time. We put it off because I think it's one that will be kind of intense. Um, I actually honestly don't know truly how Adam feels about my body at this point. Um, you know, we've been together for 22 years. And um, I have known at times when he's really, really liked my body. And I have sensed at times when he maybe wasn't as uh, attracted to my body. Not to me, but to my body. Um, but right now, I really don't know. And it's something that, it's, a, it's an issue that we brush up against, right? And we, you know, we sort of um, like ping pong back and forth between, well, what do you, you know, are you upset about it? Or, you know, how do you feel? Or, but we haven't actually sat down and really delved into it. And I think sometimes sitting down yourself and either writing about it or talking about it um, and getting it out is helpful before you have these conversations. Because I honestly don't even know what I would say. Um, I'm not, you know, I'm not accusing him of anything. I, I just, I don't know how he feels. Um, and it's a communication that we really need to work on. So that is something that will be coming next. Some of you have said, why don't you have Adam do his own episode? Also, I would happily do that. I don't think it's something that he's interested in. I will ask him if he's going to do a solo episode, which I know is something that interests him. I feel like it's going to be like, I don't know, like Bitcoin or cryptocurrency or something that he's interested in, but I don't know it's going to be this. And it's important to say, first of all, that of course, an episode about body image is going to talk about all kinds of things. So I'm going to go into very vulnerable places um, that may be uncomfortable for people. And so before you even start listening, just, you know, think to yourself, are you in the headspace or the place where this is something that you want to listen to? And maybe it will be super helpful. That's my hope. Uh, but if it if it's something that you're not sure how you feel about, then maybe now is not the time to listen, um, you know, and, and you could maybe hopefully listen down the line when you're in a different place mentally. I am not any type of, we say this, I think every episode, I'm not any type of certified expert in body image or fitness. I'm not any type of therapist. I, I, um, I haven't taken courses in body image. Um, you know, I, I haven't, um, I'm not, I haven't taken nutrition class. I like nothing in this realm. Do I have any kind of degree or certification in? Not at all, except like the certification of life. Um, but, you know, Malcolm Gladwell always says that it takes 10,000 hours uh, in something to be an expert, right? Well, I can tell you this. I have hands down spent more than 10,000 hours in my life thinking about, researching, prepping, planning, brooding over, crying, scrutinizing, fishing for compliments, fantasizing, comparing, tracking, journaling, being angry, being hopeful, being hopeless, all about the size and shape of my body. All of those things again and again and again. 
And I spent my childhood and my tween years thinking that I was, in fact, a chubby kid. I just always kind of thought that, like, that was sort of just facts. I, I remember people saying I was chubby. Um, I definitely did have some, you know, a, a full face. I had cheeks and, um, you know, I, I, I don't know. But I look back now at all kinds of pictures and videos and I see that that I, I wasn't a chubby kid. Um, you know, I was not at any point, I don't think, in my childhood, uh, chubby, overweight. You know, I, I just... I don't see that now, but I grew up thinking that way. Uh, and I thigh mastered myself into oblivion at the age of 12 and have been trying to get my thighs to stop touching ever since. Until very recently, the thought of actually not doing any exercise, not following any kind of diet or eating program never even crossed my mind. Right. Like up until maybe quarantine, I was consistent in exercise, hardcore exercise, like, you know, like those classes where they hook you up to a heart monitor and you're trying to get in the orange and the red zones with your heart rate. And, you know, you're feeling like you're going to die. And then the class is over and you have this like euphoric feeling of, holy shit, I can't believe I just did it. And there's, you know, something really um amazing about that feeling right that those endorphins and everything um and I I was forever dieting I, I still I'm not gonna lie I still you know have those times where I wake up and I'm like okay I'm gonna eat breakfast and then I'm you know I'm not eating anything until lunch and I'm still there very much but I the difference is is that I'm trying to get myself out of it for the first time. So this was never even something that crossed my mind. I ran six marathons. Um, I ran 12 plus probably half marathons. I've run numerous 5Ks. I've taken every fitness class. And I just, I just feel like it has been my lifelong mission, as I'm sure a lot of people can relate to, to attain a body that I could show off and be proud of, right? Like the physical sense, you know, a body that I could walk into a room and when people look you up and down, you know it's for positive reasons, not negative reasons. And the perfect body has been the mechanical rabbit and I am the greyhound on the track running in circles and never catching that rabbit, ever. Because no matter how thin I got, no matter how fit, it was never good enough for me. I could never embrace it. And I was never satisfied and I was never happy. So even if I got to a point where the scale was a low number or I could run 26.2 miles or, um, you know, I was taking classes every day of the week and not skipping or I, you know, stuck to the diet plan. I never caught the feeling of being done. Oh, I'm done. I'm here. I did it. Never. Um, I think there were times when I knew I felt, I felt like I looked really good. But I wasn't happier. So 
so yeah, so you know that the diet has always been the perfect body has always been that mechanical rabbit, and I, I am running in circles <clears throat> on the track, right around and around, trying to catch it, and and the people who are holding the rabbit, no, I'm never going to catch it. They just want me to keep running. Because the, like, the staggering truth is that the diet industry is a $60 billion a year industry. $60 billion a year with a 95% failure rate. Like what else in life would we allow ourselves to obsess over and we think we're the failure? I just can't even understand how when there's a proven 5% success rate, that we're torturing ourselves for this. And over one half of teenage girls and nearly one third of teenage boys use unhealthy weight control behaviors, either skipping meals, fasting, smoking cigarettes, vomiting, taking laxatives. We're not the failures here. But we are letting the bad guys win and manipulate us by allowing ourselves to believe that any of this is real or important. Right? Like it hasn't always been like this. It wasn't always that women were spending their lives trying to prove something through bodies and spending all of their energy on bodies. And I was listening to a podcast the other day, and the person said, You know, my God, what could we achieve if we got all that time back, all that energy back? that we spent, you know, to use my own metaphor. I don't even know if it's a metaphor, an analogy. I don't even know. But running around the track, chasing something that we were never going to catch. How, how we would rule the world and, and all the things that we, we could do and change and the successes that we could have in other areas that actually matter and mean something in the weight of the world is like mind-boggling. But yet we've been so busy using so much of that time on all of this that we don't know what we would have achieved. We don't know what we were missing out on. And I kind of feel like that was part of the point. So I just feel like we're, we've been so hard on ourselves and we are not the failures. So I'm not going to get into too deep, like into the whole debate of being overweight, being synonymous with being unhealthy and everything, because I know it's a sensitive debate. It's a complex debate. Um, and I will say this, and then I'm not going to touch on it again because, you know, I'm not, again... I. I don't have the tools to make this argument in a cohesive and clear way. So I'm going to kind of stay away from it. And I'm going to tell you to go and maybe listen to Maintenance Phase podcast or, uh, you know, go and follow an anti-diet account that can probably give you more clear understanding of, of all of this and, you know, what it means. But I will say this, when an industry has $60 billion, they can control pretty much all aspects of society that they want us to believe to be true, right? Like, 
I think we can be skeptical about everything we've been taught to be true concerning dieting and maybe think that it's way more nuanced and way more complex than we've been led to believe, right? That maybe they want us to think about how unhealthy it would be if we stopped, if we stopped dieting, if we stopped spending thousands of dollars on these fitness classes and gadgets and, you know, gimmicks and gizmos and all this stuff. So that's as far as I'm going to get into that, right? That I just feel like there are people who can talk about it better, explain it better. Um, But I also think, you know, well, when we look at the other side of it, what's it doing to our mental health? What are... What's the deprivation doing to our physical health? What is the constant yo-yo dieting doing to our health? Like all of these things that are also so unhealthy. Um, So it's complex. And I wanted to go through a little bit and just, you know, if we're going to talk like expertise here in dieting, I got to give you my credentials, right? I got to tell you my resume of methods and tactics I've tried and I am sure that I have forgotten some but I just felt like you know I'll give you a little read over so that you guys can know I I, you know I actually do know a thing or two about diets because ladies and gentlemen since I was 12 years old these are just some of the diets I've been on the South Beach diet the blueprint cleanse juice diet it was that was awful Whole 30 like 12 times, which I know is a lifestyle and not a diet and whatever. And, you know, we can go into all that. The frozen yogurt diet. I think I actually made that one up myself. The diet of just smoking all day long. And at least that was kind of semi-enjoyable to me. I'm not going to lie. Intermittent fasting, which is like literally just making your body think it's starving. Like my poor, poor fucking body and what I've put it through. The Atkins diet, Jenny Craig, Optivia, the constantly weigh myself and then starve myself until I'm back at my goal weight diet, Weight Watchers or now WW or whatever they're calling it now, and uh, more. I mean, there's definitely more. I just, you know, that's just like the most of them that I could think of at the time. So I am qualified in many ways to, uh, you know, I'm an expert, according to Malcolm Gladwell, right? Because, holy shit, like, how much time have I spent trying to achieve the status of, I don't even know what the fuck it is, thinness, smallness, making myself small. And Glennon Doyle talks about, you know, when she she talks about how we treat our bodies, and she says it's like constantly being harassed, but the calls are coming from inside the house. That when you think about it, it's because we've been manipulated to think that it's all our fault. Like the the industries now don't even have to do the work anymore of convincing us that we're unworthy of our bodies. Um, um, We're unworthy if our bodies don't look a certain way, right? We're doing it for them. We are literally doing it for them. From the second we wake up in the morning, we are the ones. The calls are coming from inside the building. And I just feel like 
I just feel like, holy shit. I, I just don't know like what's taken me so long to realize this. So anyway, I, I, I need to take a break or else Adam will kill me because um, then he's going to have to like figure out where to take a break and he doesn't like that. So um, we'll be right back. I feel so lucky that I am able to do a podcast episode like this and to flesh out my thoughts and get ready to talk about it with Adam. And quite honestly, having a podcast has made the conversations in our life so much deeper, so much more meaningful, sometimes tougher, but usually it's made our relationship so much more beautiful and open and deep in a way that we did not have before. And quite honestly... That is what we've done with the date night questions. We have given a tool to couples to have these conversations in the most gentle way possible, where you can explore things about your relationship and about each other that you've never explored before, to find out stuff you've been thinking for years, but you've never told your partner, stuff that you've been uncomfortable to say. And it just opens up the conversation and makes it easier. Plus, there's so much room for laughter and fun and memories and inside jokes and all the stuff that makes all these summer nights together that hopefully you're going to have coming up and date nights and sitting outside with wine or your coffee or whatever it is. It just takes it to a new level. So head to marriageandmartinis.com slash DNQ and pick up your date night questions, the ebook that you can download on all your devices. It's so simple. Or print it out. It prints beautifully and bring it on your date nights this summer. And enter promo code MNM podcast for 20% off. That's our biggest discount anywhere, only for our podcast listeners. Marriageandmartinis.com slash DNQ. Talk a little bit about size too, even though obviously, look, that's kind of the point here, right? Is that we're trying to get away from all of this. But I, I've i been 115 pounds in my life. I'm, I'm five feet, five inches. I would like to say five feet, six inches, but, you know, that's a lie. Um, and I've been, I've been 115 pounds, and I've been 215 pounds in my adult life, and I've been everything in between. I know what it is like to walk into a room and feel like, I am like the fittest person in there, right? That nothing jiggles, my pants fit perfectly, just everything is where it's supposed to be. And I know what it feels like to walk in and feel like I'm the heaviest person in the room and, you know, someone's probably looking at the fat hanging over my bra strap and the roll hanging over my stomach or rolls hanging over my stomach or all those up and down looks that you know are not in the positive way. So I have totally been on both sides. Um, And I know, you know, the number on the scale. I honestly, I don't even know what my number is now because I stopped weighing myself over a year ago and and I haven't done it since. When I go to the doctor, um, I either don't get on the scale or if I need to get on the scale, I do it backwards and I ask them please not to tell me. I just am not interested anymore. And I've always been worried that people were going to say, oh, she's let herself go. She used to be a marathon runner. She used to go to classes five days a week. And, you know, she was in such great shape. But holy shit, she's really let herself go. And I'm sure that there are people who have said that. And 
I think to myself, first of all, I don't think I've let myself go. I really don't, if, if that's how we're going to use that term, right? I really don't think so. And it's been a fear of mine for people to say it about me. Like, I've always been like, oh my God, I don't want people to say that about me. I just, I would be sort of heartbroken if I knew that that's what people were saying about me, right? Because it has always been important for me to look good and to walk into a room and feel like, um, you know, I was one of the smaller bodied people there um, or that I looked like I obviously really kept myself together or bounced back into shape after having kids or all of those things. But when we break it down, and, and think about that term, what it means, letting herself go. There's an element of freedom that we're talking about. That if with, with anything else that we said, leading with letting herself, you would think it was an act of freedom, right? Letting herself be adventurous. Letting herself rest more. Letting herself. Like... You would think it was self-care. You would think it was so great. Letting herself. Letting herself go. Think about that term. What they're really saying is that freeing ourselves from the constraints of all of that diet culture, of all of those restrictions, they've somehow made us believe that it shows weakness or a lack of discipline, right? Oh my God, she's so not disciplined. She stopped dieting. She's so not disciplined. She obviously doesn't go to the gym anymore. But if we, if we take the same things and think to ourselves, holy shit, she's freed herself from all of that. Man, what's she doing now? What's she doing with that time? Wow, she, she looks so confident. She must really be happy that she is no longer dreading all day going to the gym or going out to dinner and not being able to have bread because, you know, that's, that's what the diet plan tells her. That's what, that's what we should be saying. That's what letting herself go should mean and really what it does mean, but we've attached this negative connotation to it. So... It's just crazy how we can manipulate anything into making ourselves feel, again, like we're the failures, like we're the ones here that are bad or, you know, have disrupted some kind of systematic oppression that honestly we should be interrupting. And again, I can't say it enough that I don't think it's bad to go to the gym. I don't think it's bad to run marathons. I don't think it's bad to have a, a, an eating plan that you really, really like. I, I, that's not what I'm saying. I just want it to be for you, you know? And I could tell you this, waking up at 4.30 in the morning to train for marathons, some of it maybe was for me. I don't know, maybe for a little while. I'm not really sure at this point. I, I don't really know because I don't really think I – I knew what I wanted at that point. I, I just know that a lot of it was about maintaining that thinness because that's kind of what I had to put my body through to maintain that thinness. You know, it was a full-time fucking job. And I was waking up at 4.30 a.m. and running 
13, 14 miles. I was starving myself during the day and running. I, you know, I, 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 the part that I didn't see was that my life was not my own and my body was not my own because it was ruled by these pressures and these compliments. I was so ruled by, you know, feeling like I fit in, feeling like people were impressed with me. And meanwhile, there were plenty of other reasons to be impressed with me. I was raising babies. You know, I was a good person. Uh, I was, you know, like doing things that are impressive. But this was the one that I really, really wanted. So I don't know. I feel like the, the pressure of a compliment is big. It has always been big for me. Um, and I am not a naturally thin person. The amount of time and effort it was taking me to stay that way was all-consuming. And I think I reached a point where I think we do with so many of these lifestyles and fads and diets and trends and everything where we're like, holy fuck, this is not sustainable in my life. This is just not sustainable. And I think that's what I got to. But, you know, it's still, I still was chasing that. I just couldn't do it. But I still was chasing those compliments. I was still chasing that feeling. I have been ever since. And I know you guys want me to talk about me and Adam. A lot of the questions, most of the questions were about partners, a lot, you know, a lot of them. And, um, and, and how you talk to your partner about it and, you know, and, and, to have the conversation about body image and being worried that your partner doesn't like your your body and and Adam definitely grew up in in a family where um there's a lot of value on thinness um well listen we're in a society where there's a lot of value on thinness so I, I'm not even blaming his family you know it's that was just it's just been how it is you know the 80s the 80s the 90s you know, like the, the, you know, Suzanne Summers and the, I don't even know, tons of people. Jane, I would say Jane Fonda, but I love Jane Fonda, so I don't want to talk bad about her. But, um, you know, I, I, I think that he, one of the problems is that. So we have we have this this topic in our date night questions book, and it's stuff I want you to know. Right. What do you really want your partner to know about your life or your interests or your insecurities or your job that they don't know? And you wish that they would take the time to learn more about. And, and what I've said to Adam, and he's he's started to do it a little bit, although I, you know, I'm hoping this summer when he has some time off and stuff that he'll do it some more. The thing I want him to know more about is the female experience that I don't think he quite understands what we go through because so much of what he listens to and and watches, um, you know, and, and his favorite public figures and comedians and everything are all male, right? So he's getting all of this male perspective. And so as females, in a lot of ways, I think, you know, we we're starting to realize, like, we need to talk more openly about all this stuff, right? We need to talk about our bodies and what they go through. And we're starting to talk about more. But 
if he never listens to these female experiences, if he never listens to podcasts that, you know, talk about these things, you know, that these these things that are changing and that we're starting to understand more um, from a different perspective, you know, the, the anti-diet movement and the... Um, the body neutrality or the body positivity, if he never learns about it and learns that, holy shit, maybe this is something bigger than just staying small and being thin and size, that there's, you know, there's, there's so many complexities to it all, that I think he would, he would take a different stance than he might have in his mind. And again, I don't even really know what, what's going on in his mind. I, I, I will tell you this. Adam is such a loving, wonderful, accepting husband in so many ways, right? When it comes to my mental illness, when it comes to my messiness, when it comes to, you know, annoying things that I do around the house or whatever, or, you know, my like my moodiness or what, like there's so many things that he's so wonderful about. This is an issue that I think is really, really like can be explosive if, if you really get into the nitty gritty of it. So we don't go there much, but we're going to. And, and so, you know, I, I feel sort of like I've spent so much time researching all of this, right? I, you know, all of my, the people who I love, the Lizzo, you know, um, you know, uh, Kelly Clarkson on her show and watching her and, and, you know, loving her body and, and thinking, my God, she's so beautiful. And she's not like the natural size that we see all the time, you know, accounts that I follow on social media and everything. If I'm exposing myself to all of this and he's not, my partner's not, or your partner's not, then that's hard because we're we're getting a different perspective that they're not. And so I think one of the things, you know, I, I'm so glad, number one, that I am recording this podcast now because it is going to sort of lay out what do I want him to know? What do I really want him to know? It's not really about, oh, I want to gain weight and I want you to be fine with it, right? Like that's that's so the tip of the iceberg of – all the things that I want him to understand and embrace about my journey and experience. It's not just, listen, you know, I've gained 60 pounds. I, I just want you to be okay with it. And, and him say, oh, well, you know, it, it, why? Why did you stop? Why did you stop eating? You know, I don't know what the fuck's going to happen. So I'm like speculating and probably being unfair in some ways. But. I think that it's so much bigger than that. I want him to know that my journey has been so much different than his, right? All of our journeys are so much different. So the fact that we're all trying to be the same size makes no fucking sense. You know, I mean, he is naturally, he has this insane metabolism that he literally, we will go, we will order dominoes at one in the morning sometimes because, yes, we are immature and still teenagers like that. And we will both eat the same amount. And, you know, it's the result is completely different, right? Like we go out, we love going out for dinner together. We, I don't want to sit there and fucking watch him eat food. I want to eat food. And so, you know, 
just we can't compare. He can't possibly understand what I've gone through, what my body has gone through, what my body has given me and all the things that it's given us, right, on our journey as a couple. And, you know, I, I was going to just say like a few things that we don't think about, that, that our partners don't think about if they are, um, you know, if they are male, if they're guys or, you know, I, I just feel like there are some things that that just don't cross their mind because we're just told to suck it up, right? Oh, suck it up. It, whatever. We just keep going. But a few things on my journey that my, my partner, that Adam has not gone through. Um, and I'm not saying he hasn't gone through his own stuff, right? Maybe he has. I don't know. Like he's, I don't even, I don't know. He had LASIK surgery on his eyes. Like he, so he's gone through something. But I got my period when I was 12 years old, Okay. Since then, I have had very inconsistent periods. I've had extremely heavy periods. I've had times where I've skipped periods. Um, my body, the week before my period, feels like hell. I had a heart procedure at 20 years old. I had a miscarriage. I had three C-sections, one of those being what was considered a traumatic birth experience. I have cystic ovaries. I have cystic breasts. I didn't breastfeed, but hardly anyone talks about what your body goes through the weeks following birth when you don't breastfeed. I had hair loss after pregnancy. I have ongoing lower back issues. I have a mental illness and during times in my life, I have not been able to digest and keep down food. I have mammograms, ultrasounds, and now I'm entering perimenopause. Ta-da! Like, welcome to the party. Um, so... You know, I just feel like when you break it down for somebody, yeah, my journey has just been different. It's been so different. And at what point am I going to stop and say to my body, like, holy shit, okay, you can rest now. You know, like, thank you. You can rest now. Like, you know, when I think about my body, and how mean I've been to it. It makes me so sad. You know? So, I don't know. I, I feel like I saw something on social media that said, if you were going to thank your body, what would you say? And I guess, I don't think I've ever thanked my body. I've prayed for, you know, myself to get better when I was in bad situations or sick or whatever. And, you know, definitely felt a, a tinge of, thank God, it's okay. Um, but I've been mean to my body. Really, really hard on it. And it's given me so much. Um, I'm going to take another break and we'll be right back. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
And the funny thing is, you know, this journey that I've been on, I wouldn't change it for anything, right? It's it's made me who I am. But when I say it's made me who I am, you know, like there's there's no other part of life where where we say, I wish I was back at the beginning of that journey, right? Like if you told me right now to go back to my 20s, I'd be like, no fucking way. Uh-uh. I am not going back to that girl who had, you know, a, no wisdom and didn't know who the fuck she was or what she was doing. And I'm just not going back there. Like, I I just feel like when, when, when we're on a journey and we get to a place and we have so much to show for it, we're so happy that we have so much to show for it. And I feel like that with my body. When I look in the mirror, I love my body. I really do. I am worried about what other people think of my body. Like when I'm naked in front of the mirror, I get out of the shower or, you know, I'm blow drying my hair or whatever. I don't know. I like the softness of my body. I, I like parts of my body that I think are womanly and sexy and curvy. And, and I'm proud of it. You know, I have a huge C-section scar and a pouch that will forever stay over that. There's nothing get, that's taken that away minus surgery. And I don't know. I I like it. But that doesn't mean that I'm not insecure about my body. That's the problem. Is that if it was just up to me, I'd be flaunting it. But then I leave my room. I leave my mirror and I go places and that's when I start to feel shitty about myself. But that's dissipating. That's that's getting to be less and less. I'm 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 feeling better about that. So I just don't understand why this is the one part of our journey where we say, shit, I uh, look at her. Like, I wish I looked like I was 20 again or I would look. Why? Why? There's, I feel like there's nothing else where we go all along this and learn all these things and go on all these adventures and, and survive all of these terrible situations. And at the end of it, we're like, I wish I had nothing to show for it. It's the same thing with our bodies. They go through all of these incredible adventures and these transformations and healing and, you know, and, and new experiences. And, and we're like, we can't just stop and be like, yeah, those are the marks of some really cool shit. So I don't know, like the, it, does, it doesn't make sense. Another thing that when you break it down to me just does not make sense. And so I think now for me, I I, want to rest a little bit. And, and, And I have not in that term let myself go. I am merely doing different things with my time and my energy. Right? Like, I want to feel free. I'm 44. I want to be free to place my time and my energy on things that truly bring me joy. Hiking with my dogs brings me joy. And when I say hiking, I mean a little bit of an energetic stroll. Not hike like Patagonia model sense of hiking. Like hiking like, oh, there's a twig. I need to step over it. And 
I watch my dog swim and run and sniff at things that I'm like so at peace. Right now, running 26.2 miles or taking a fitness class would not bring me joy and peace. So I'm not going to do it. If it brings somebody joy and peace, that's fantastic. But I just want to do things for me. You know, we just spent so much time in COVID completely restricted. Life is starting to feel somewhat normal again. I just like want to start to give my body the props and love it deserves. I want at this point my life to be fun, full, beautiful, and gentle. Right? Fun. I want to go out and I want to sit across from dinner. You know, sit across at dinner from the people I love and taste all the things and, you know, cheers to good times and drink the champagne and try all the different breads and all the different butters. And, you know, food makes me so fucking happy, right? Like I, sometimes I go out to dinner with people and, and, and you know, I, I always say I'm average in so many ways, right? I'm like, I can't, I'm, I'm average, but I like kind of really rock being average in a lot of ways. When it comes to my taste buds, I am above average to like a crazy degree. Like I sit across from people at dinner or next to people at dinner, you know, other women sometimes, and we'll order our food and they'll eat like a quarter of what's on their plate or half of what's on their plate. And I'll be like, there's no way they are tasting the same thing that I am tasting. And they just left half of that on their plate. There's no way. Because I have exceptional taste buds. And so, you know, I, I just can't even imagine tasting something and like leaving the rest of it on my plate. I just, I, it's not me. Full. When I say I want a full life, I, I want to live a big, beautiful life. I want to fill myself up with everything that brings me pleasure. And I want to have the room and the energy to give my time to those that I love beautiful, but I want the beauty to be all the differences of people. I want to teach my kids about beauty from the sense of it having nothing to do with size and shape, right? We, we want to teach our kids about diversity. We want to teach our kids about differences, about the beauty in differences. I want to do that with bodies too. And this is a whole other episode, but I also have a 16-year-old daughter who is trying so hard to embrace her own body. And again, a whole different episode that, you know, I want to, would love to go into as far as parenting and raising kids who are, who are confident with all of this. And gentle. I want a gentle life now. I want to be kind to myself. I want people to think I'm beautiful because I have a glow and a vibe about me that's inviting and warm. I want my kids and my grandkids to snuggle into me and feel like they're home. Feel like my embrace is the most comfortable place in the entire universe, just as I did to my grandmother. I want to make love to my partner and it be about our connection and about the energy that we have between us and because of the life we've built and because of the gratitude we feel towards each other. If we do that, man, because we have such an amazing connection and we have so much gratitude 
attitude toward each other and we have so much fun. It's going to be the best fucking sex ever. But if we're having sex because our bodies are firm and because everything's in the same place it once was and because, you know, nothing moves or jiggles, then that's going to be some pretty shitty sex because I can't offer that at this point in my life. But I'm okay with that. And I don't think that that means that intimacy has to be any worse. In fact, I think that embracing each other is like the sexiest fucking thing ever. And, and, and I, I think that there's a big part of Adam that feels that too. I mean, I, I, am, I will not sit here and say I don't think he's attracted to me because I do think he's attracted to me. Do I sometimes think that he gets caught in that thinness as a way of life thing? Yes. But I certainly think that our intimacy is so much greater than that and so much bigger and exciting and important than that. And I'm going to say all of these things to him. Some of that I will say in private. Some of it I will say on the podcast. And, and for those of you who are uncomfortable saying it to your partners and don't have a podcast, you know, I, I, I would maybe write a letter, right? Uh, get it all out. Write it all down. If it too, feels too big and overwhelming to, to say in person, then, then take the time to formulate the letter and do all the things you need to and say all the things you need to in a way that can kind of be cohesive and, and, and get it all out there and let them read it. You know, uh, send them the podcast episodes that you want them to hear. Send them this podcast episode. Send them the articles you want them to read. It, it, it might be an ongoing conversation. It's not going to be a one-time thing. So also, some things that I, I, I want to do that are on my body acceptance bucket list that I, I, I kind of wanted to share because um, some of them sound kind of easy to me. And some of them sound really, really scary, but I want to do them. Um, and I don't know, I just felt like I would share them. That I want to go to places where all size bodies are the norm, right? I only want to shop in stores from now on that are size inclusive. I'm not going to give my money to places that are not size inclusive. E even if I lose 50 pounds, which is not going to happen, but I still don't want to give my money to places that are not size inclusive. I want to go to beaches where different size bodies are the norm and where it's accepted for people to show off those different size bodies. I want to take a body drawing class. And this one I'm kind of laughing at because I can't even... I. I, I, I want to also maybe be the model in one of those body classes, but yet I have to do it way far away from my town, like in another country maybe, but I do want to do it. So, you know, take a life body drawing class where you embrace and draw naked bodies of all types. 
you know, there are virtual classes. I know the Anti-Diet Riot Club has virtual drawing classes like this. And, you know, even better model as one of these classes, one of these classes. I cannot tell you how desperately I want to have the courage to do that. And I only take wellness or fitness classes at places that are truly inclusive of all shapes and sizes and only do fitness and wellness classes that you want to do for you. And also do a boudoir photo shoot. I always say I'm going to do it, a boudoir photo shoot with a photographer who is known for photographing beautiful humans of all shapes and sizes and who will make me feel comfortable. Um, So all of those things, you know, also I want to compliment people more, right? I I don't ever want to say again, oh my God, you lost so much weight. Oh my God, you, you know, I guess whatever you're doing is working, or you really bounced back. That those are none of those things are going to be part of my vocabulary anymore. That is a small change that I know I can make. I want to compliment things on things that have nothing to do with size, nothing to do with bodies, unless it's how beautiful I think you know addresses on them or something. Let's stop normalizing com- commenting on people's bodies. Just period. And also. To go through social media and unfollow any accounts I might still have that make me feel uncomfortable or like a failure, right? Because I'm not juicing anymore in my life and I'm not, you know, running marathons anymore in my life. These are not things at this moment that are part of my journey. Will they be again? Maybe. Maybe I'll take up marathon running again at 60 because I want to, which will be fabulous, I'm not against that, 100%. I would love to like one day wake up and be like, shit, I want to go out and run 10 miles. Because it did bring me joy in some ways. I just, that's not the joy I have now. So there are all kinds of things that we can start doing that just are sort of small steps. I also, this is huge for me. I cleaned out my entire closet. I have garbage bags full of clothes that no longer fit me. They are gone from my closet. If you go in my closet, everything you pick up now will fit on my body at this exact second, and it feels so good. I went shopping for my body now, and Adam didn't like it because it cost money, but I loved it. It was fantastic. And it feels so good to go into my closet and be able to put on anything. It's fucking fantastic. It's like being in a candy store or a clothing store where everything is at your fingertips. None of that made sense. But anyway, I'm getting there, you know, and and, and embracing myself is becoming a little bit easier and loving myself is becoming a little bit easier and I want to leave my mirror and walk out into the world and and I want people to be more accepting of you know whatever walks through that door at the party or at the job or the concert or the beach or whatever But I also want myself to not give a shit because I love what I am and my journey and the scars and the remnants. It's mine. 
and I'm still fucking here, which is pretty awesome. So I am going to thank my body. And in some ways, I am going to let myself go and try to be more free. And that's what the term is going to mean to me from now on. So I just, I hope that some of this made sense um, and that maybe you feel a little less alone in this struggle. Um, I'm still very, very much researching and learning and listening to, you know, all kinds of people who I admire in this realm. So thank you. And thank you so much for letting me feel comfortable enough to do this episode. It was really important to me. Um, It's something that I struggle with and, uh, you know, I I felt like I really did want to share. We, we, we kind of scrape against it on a lot of the episodes and we've talked about it in a lot of the episodes, sometimes to a greater degree, sometimes like just little back and forth, like, you know, jabs at each other about it. Uh, But, but we're going to work on it and we are working on it. And we will do a follow-up body image episode. If you enjoyed this episode, um, please rate and review because this was a big step for me. Uh, A solo episode where I did not have my partner with me. Uh, So anyway, uh, thank you so much for listening. And I hope you all have a great day and you let yourself go a little bit. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.